Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. of the WTA Finals is in the books. Post-game coverage on TC Live presented by SAP. We are halfway through the round robin now. If you've won two matches at this point, you're in pretty good shape. If you've lost two matches, well, you're in trouble. Coming up on TC Live tonight, American Jesse Pagula went over on Monday. Anz Jabur wanted to see that she had a similar Wednesday. World number two met world number three today. Rafa was back on the singles court for the first time since the U.S. Open. And just like in New York, he ran into a hungry young American with upset on his mind. And after years of dueling team events in men's tennis, the ITF and the ATP have agreed on a partnership on Davis Cup. We'll examine what it means for the future of this historic event as we welcome you inside our TC Live studios to the show on this Wednesday night with a couple of Hall of Famers. Lindsay Davenport is there. Andy Roddick is on Skype. And we, we were thinking about uh, this new regime that we have in women's tennis. Look at the field of eight we have at the WTA finals. Nobody there has played in this event previously more than once before. What does that say about the moment we're having in women's tennis? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you look at all the players, all the stats. We have one Grand Slam champion mm -hmm. in there with Sviantec. We were looking today, number two played number three in the world. They have a combined five career titles. We're just seeing a lot of new faces. We've seen a lot of players be put in new situations on tour, still getting to know a lot of them and how will they play in the big moments. A lot of different personalities. And I think it's just one of those times in, in the arc of women's tennis where we're getting to learn more about different players and you know, got to just go with it and get to know them. Maybe you don't know, Andy, that you're in the middle of an evolution until you actually see it happen before your eyes. Is that is that what we're having in women's tennis? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a longer tail than just this tournament, though. I think there's been some parity in women's tennis for four or five years, maybe since prime Serena or, you know, since Serena hasn't played as much as as she was. Uh, maybe she hasn't played a full schedule. So I think this moment's been coming, but then it builds all at once and people get hot at the same times. Uh, Sviatek is hogging a bunch of the Grand Slam titles. Uh, at least for this year. So um, it, it, it feels like it's happening overnight, but I actually think it's been a bit of a slow burn. Barty, Osaka, Halla, Pliskova, Svitolina, all the names we're used to at these finals, not here this year. So let's show you who did play today. Day two for the Nancy Ritchie group, starting with the two players who lost Monday. Jesse Pagula fell to Maria Sakari. Anz Jabur dropped a close one to Sabalenka, Lindsay. Yeah, and it looked like Jabur had a little bit of a hangover for that long three-set loss to Sabalenka. Came out of the Gates with very little energy, not a lot of motivation. Lost that first set in just 25 minutes to Pagula, who was solid. And then, Brett, something clicked midway through this second set. A couple of great shots from Jabur, and all of a sudden, you could just see it in her eyes. You could see it in her movement. You could see it in how well she was hitting her ground stroke. She changed this match midway through the third, and huge first game is the third set. 
fought off five break points to get the hold of serve, kind of calmed herself down. Love the way she was able to turn this match around. Pagula just didn't have it at the end either. Kind of ran out of steam a little bit, and it was Jabur with her great shot making, but loved her attitude and how she was able to get it back and get motivated mid-match. It's the first top 10 win for Jabur since Rome. That's all the way back in May. That's a long time for the world number two. Here she is with Chanda and Steve. What did you tell yourself after your first match, and how did you work through it here under pressure in real time? Yeah, honestly, it was very tough because I'm uh, used to just uh, be depressed for the next two days when I lose. <laughs> I didn't have much time here, and uh, it was very tough to, to sleep the first day, to be honest with you. But uh, uh, the first match, it was very close. That's what most frustrating about it. I, I had my chances, you know, and uh, I felt like it was my match, but, you know, it's me. So I, I, can, I can lose those kind of matches, but... Uh, uh, definitely uh, want to keep positive. And she did, which brings us to the late singles match featuring the two winners from Monday, Sabalenka and Sakari. Winner of this match would pretty much be locked to make the sense. Yeah, and for Sakari, continuing with that great play, beat Pagula in straight sets, and Brett, she played so well in the first set. She was spreading the court, she was keeping Sabalenka off balance. Really a perfect opening set. Got out to a three-love lead by playing the same style of tennis, and then Things got a little interesting, took a bit of a tumble, and she was okay, but it definitely shook her up for a couple of games. Luckily, she was not badly injured, kind of rolled with that fall, and she would be okay. But Sebelenka got a little bit of confidence from that, started to play a little better. And at the end, the shots were going Sakari's way, a little bit of luck. And Sabalenka just a little frustrated. Then the very next point, we had consecutive uh, net courts. Uh, and again, helped Zachary. There was so much frustration from Sabalenka. A lot of credit, though, to Zachary, who had a tough middle part of the year, Brett. But the last two weeks, she's played some of the best tennis of her career. And that's why she's undefeated so far and through to the semis. Guadalajara final, and now two straight wins to start the WTA finals. Sabalenka only hit four double faults. It's a good number for her, but one at the key moment in that four-all game. And now Sakari has won six of her last seven. So here are the standings after three days of the round robin. With her win today, Sakari is not only on top of the Ritchie group, but she is locked into the semifinals. Jabur and Sabalenka both one and one, so they control their own destiny. Pagula needs to win on Friday and get some help. The Tracy Austin group plays their second stage tomorrow. So, uh... Let's get this straight on what happened to Arena Sabalenka, right? She's down a set, double break three love, Andy. She fights her way back to even terms in that second set, then gets a squirrely line call from the computer that gets overturned, double faults, like three net cords that go Sakari's way. How hard will she be screaming into her pillow tonight as she goes to sleep it's about what she lost? I, every time I watch Sabalenka, it, it feels like it's rarely straightforward. Now, whether it's her fault or not, whether it's the second serves or the line calls, uh, I love it that she uh, emotes. But, you know, if we're going to tell the story that way, Brett, she was kind of fortunate to get through Jabour mm -hmm. uh, first round. Kind of snuck that one out. Uh, maybe try to do it again here. But, you know, I actually think this is a, a sneaky good surface for Sakari. It's not so fast that people can just go through where the ball is not bouncing up, right? It's like a dead court that's staying low. So you're not able to get the ball to kind of jump up and away on her. Uh, I like this court for her. And listen, we don't know anything because, or at least I don't, because going into this, I'm thinking Pagula's, Pagula's in form. She's probably the favorite in this group. Uh, Sabalenka trying to find her form a little bit. Uh, Ons hasn't played much since the U.S. Open. So all roads 
sleep through Pagula. What the hell do I know? She's 0-2 and Sotbury just qualified for the semis. <laughs> kind of sums it up. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's what we were talking about in women's tennis a few minutes ago. You just never know right now. And these players, there's not a huge history or sample size of them competing against each other or playing against each other in these big matches. Half of them are new to this tournament, to this format. Very tough in round robin also for players who haven't really experienced it to think, oh, I've lost, but oh, I I'm going to win. Normally, you're a tennis player. You are out of that city, out the door. Do not see the tournament again for a year. And all of a sudden, the mindset has to change for some of the players also mid-tournament. That can be uh, an adjustment for a lot of players, and especially ones that are maybe tough on themselves. And it's tough to change that so quickly and get super positive. Now, Andy, maybe the defending champ will step up and do, oh, no, wait a minute, that's Muguruza. She didn't even get close to making the field. This It's, <laughs> it's a topsy-turvy world we live in. I think we get your point. So let's pivot and switch to the men in Paris. Last regular season event, and look who's back. Rafa, first singles match since he lost to Francis Tiafo at the Open. Andy, did you see this coming from Tommy Paul? Uh, I don't know that I saw it from Tommy Paul, but I think that's actually less surprising than Rafa actually posting up uh, in Bercy. You know, he, he, he made a point to say there are more important things to the, than the number one ranking. But I also think him being here and him seemingly wanting to play the year in championships means that the number one ranking is on his radar uh, a little bit. But it's listen, Rafa isn't like uh, Roger and Novak as far as those guys being able to come out and play from the word go, right? Nadal has seemingly needed some more reps, right? As you see Tommy Paul's speed there, very underrated aspect uh, of his game. But way to stay in there from, from Tommy Paul. You know he has pumped up. Rafa's taken everyone's best shot, closed it out, and I like this reaction, showing the respect that Rafa deserves. Very understated in victory, but Tommy played a great match, and listen, we'll see what Rafa does from here. I think he played aggressive, a lot of great shots. I had my match in that second set with set and break. I played a terrible game there, so yeah, I didn't deserve the victory playing that bad in that key moment. No, so probably my best win. Um, I was, uh, you know, obviously pumped for the matchup. It's it's always uh, it's always interesting when you play one of the big three. I mean, I've only played him the second time, but the first time I was so nervous and. It was weird. Like this time, I wasn't. I wasn't really nervous. It was. Uh, I was pretty relaxed going on, going on the court, and the day before. So, I, mean, I think that played a role. I came out playing pretty well. He got the first set, but um, I feel like I played pretty well from the jump. First career top three win for Tommy Paul. How about Felix Oje Aliassime coming off three titles in the last three weeks? But man, Andy, did he get pushed by Mikhail Emer of Sweden? Yeah, I mean, that's just painting the line. There's nothing you can do to really defend that. But listen, Brett, the thing that was really impressive to me is Felix, when it's not his day, he hasn't been able to traditionally problem-solve through matches when he hasn't had his best stuff from the from the word jump, right? When he's playing well in full flight, we know that he can knock anyone off. That right there, that emotion that you're seeing, that is belief, right? That is the physical manifestation and emotion of belief. And you see him dig in, he's saying, listen, this guy might be playing unbelievable on the day, coming up with shots like that, painting the lines, and Emer played a hell of a match. But Felix, you sense that he has that belief that he's going to somehow get through it, even if things aren't going his way. Letford keeps coming in, keeps fighting, but you feel like he almost, it almost seems like he's entitled to these wins right now, which is what the big guys do. And you look at him, he's calm. He's not celebrating. He's going on to the next one. I'm going to keep going. I haven't seen this much from Felix before. Way to problem solve. Go to plan B, maybe even plan C. 
survive advance. Meanwhile, uh, the end of the road pushed back again by Gilles Simone playing his last career event. He beat Andy Murray Monday. Now Taylor Fritz, are you kidding? I mean, this is just fun to see. And listen, Gilles Simone is just such a problem solver, right? As I can hear that crowd while I'm trying to do this highlight, it's unbelievable the reception <laughs> that he's getting. But he is all hustle, he's all heart, he's all brains, and he makes you beat him, right? You, he's the kind of guy you know going in, if you play great, you're probably going to win. If you have anything less than really good, he's going to make it a complete pain in your you-know-what, know and literally made Taylor hit the extra shot all day long, hustled, the crowd appreciated him, was just problem-solving. Underrated point of, of, of Gilles Simone's game. When invited, he can step up and put the ball through the court. People think he just plays soft all the time. Not so. He plays soft. He lets you get inside the court. But on a ball like this, he can switch direction, and he can force you into the corners. Heck of a match. Heck of a reaction. Well-deserved. And this crowd's going to keep coming for him. Talk about saving your best for last. I mean, dead last tournament of his career. Three hours and nine minutes. His best win by ranking in two and a half years. And they chant Gilou, Gilou one more time in Paris. And because of the Felix Auger Aliassime win, the field at uh, the ATP Finals is now set. All eight contestants are in. Felix and Rublev get the last two spots. Fritz and Hurkacz just missed the cut. Tennis Channel's coverage will begin a week from Monday. Who's the alternate? The alternate will probably be Taylor Fritz. Yeah, let's see what if Rafa posts or not. Yeah, oh, that's a good point because <laughs> if good Rafa really didn't call. look uh, really healthy today and motivated, decides to pass, one other person will make it. So, with that as a backdrop, we pause and get ready for more on this TC Live. Coco Goff single season hangs in the balance. We will preview her must win against Kazakina tomorrow. TC Live back in a moment. TC Live is presented by SAP, official technology partner of the WTA. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Back on TC Live, presented by SAP. Have you checked out Tennis.com today? If you have, you've seen the look ahead to the special edition of Tennis Magazine saying thank you and so long to Roger and Serena. Also, Venus Williams dropped a hint on social media yesterday that she may be ready to say goodbye. Some other American players talk about what Venus has meant to them. And a year and a half after Peng Shui revealed her sexual assault allegations, the WTA is preparing to return to China a deep dive on what that means and more on Tennis.com. With that, we head back to Paris for the world number one, Carlos Alcaraz. He got his trophy for being the 28th ATP number one on Monday. Today, he took care of Yoshi Nishioka. Andy, where do you keep your number one trophy? <laughs> 
Uh, it's just to the left of me, tucked under some uh, some old architecture plans here, Brett. Um, but anyways, uh, Alcaraz, look at where he gets. He literally is a foot from the sidelines person, covers the door to the other side. I mean, this guy's speed is unbelievable. Uh, Nishioka, I think he's a really smart player, really good player. Doesn't have the weapons to control any of the rallies, really. This is always on uh, Carlitos's uh, racket. Uh, credit to Nishioka for really staying in there, but Alcaraz stepped up here, just cleans this forehand uh, to, to break in the, the second set. Uh, I thought he looked really good, really composed, wasn't in a rush, comes in so well. We don't talk about it enough. His ability to come forward and transition, even when it doesn't look like the invite is there, super impressive and moving on. 29 winners for Carlitos, just seven for Nishioka. That brings us to the other American left in Paris. Tommy Paul, still alive, took out Rafa. And Lindsey Francis Tiafo takes out Jack Draper. Yeah, a lot of excitement into this match. Draper, a very highly touted Brit coming through the system, but it was Francis is able to really dictate play. This was not on Centrale court. This was a smaller court, so a little bit it just feels more confined, and Francis did a great job of being aggressive, of pinning Draper in the corners. Draper, 0 for 7 on break points in this match. He had his chances, 2 in the first, 5 in the second set. He just couldn't take them. A lot of credit to Francis for stepping up on those big points. He got the break in that 11th game and able to serve it out with ease. And this would be the 34th win of the season for Francis. That is a... Career best figure for him, and he's not done yet. Six three seven five and a buck twenty four. More to come on the program, including one final Halloween costume left over that we need your help deciphering. Who's in that thing? We'll find out in a minute. Back on TC Live, what a momentous occasion for Alex Demonar today. The Aussie was 0 for 18 in his career against top five opponents. But, Andy, that changed against Daniil Medvedev. Yeah, and I, I was surprised by this result because Medvedev is so comfortable just sitting back and making Demonor uh, really come forward. But uh, he's looked great the first couple of matches. Medvedev was a little chippy today. You know, he normally kind of stays in there and is pretty composed, obviously emotional. But... Uh, was a little bit kind of uh, irritated uh, during this match, especially during that uh, that third set. We see a good tomahawk here as he as he as he loses at the end. But listen, at the end of the year, it's really hard to predict where people are mentally, how fatigued they are. Sometimes as players, we don't even know how fatigued we are. But this racket is very fatigued, Brett, and it is not leaving Paris. I promise you that. But props to Dimitar. Played a great match. And uh, listen, we'll still see Medvedev and Turin. He did not go to the Andy Roddick School of Breaking Your Racket without getting fined. And so cheers to Dimitar, who gets his first top five win. We circle back to Fort Worth for the doubles. Day three. Krachikova and Sinyakova, three slams this year. Of course, they're going to keep winning, right? Yeah, they're the, so, so nice to see a team that has been together, Brett, since the juniors. Just a remarkable commitment to each other. Have a sense of where each other's going to go on the court. They complement each other's game so well. And they're great all-around players. Ground strokes well. They both volley well. And they both have this great sense in doubles. And right now, doubles is being played a little differently. It's really one up, one back most of the time. And they have that master. They get through this one in straight sets. 
looking good to win another title here in Fort Worth. That's seven straight wins at the finals, 5-0 last year to win the title, now 2-0 this year off and running. So let's give you the SAP tournament summary as we reach the halfway point of the round robin. Maria Sakri wins again in straight sets, so she is into the knockout round. Everybody else in the Richie group, Jabur, Sabalenka, and Pagula are still alive. And tomorrow, match number two for the Tracy Austin group, Igishviantek against Garcia, Coco Goff against Kazit Keen. With that, we check in on the social net for this Wednesday. And after years of having competing men's team events, we now have an agreement between the ITF and the ATP Tour on Davis Cup. So ATP Cup is gone. The scheduling is going to This is a good thing, isn't it, Andy? I think so. I mean, we'll we'll see what the what it actually does with the schedule. How the team format is is a shorter version. Um, you know, listen, I, I, when I see this, I I kind of tip my hat to Labor Cup for forcing the issue. Right? They where Davis Cup would not innovate for a very 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 long time when they had kind of all of the uh, the pluses in their favor. Labor Cup comes in and creates a kind of a made-for-TV event that pushes the envelope. So maybe two heads better than one with Davis Cup and ATP Cup, uh, neither of which is, has kind of really uh, done well with the team events in the last couple of years. So I'm curious to see what they what they come up with. I hope, uh, you know, they're more than just engaged. We'll see how the marriage goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see the women back included in the team event in Australia. It's yeah. going to be called the United Cup. More players from each country are going to be included. You know, there's so many different entities that are looking out really for themselves. It'd be great if we could just sit and look at a calendar and what makes sense for the players, what will help them play their best at certain times of the year. We don't like to see players get burned out. You know, for the Billie Jean King Cup, it starts six hours after the final in Fort Worth. It just seems like it's just crazy trying to cram all this in. But. Let's see what happens. Yeah, you made a great point. Everybody lamented the demise of Hopman Cup. Now, Hopman Cup is kind of back. It just has a new yeah. name. United Cup. Uh, we showed you a lot of Halloween tweets the last couple of days. We have one straggler left over. Lindsay, do you know who the Grand Slam finalist I is? I do know who it is. I saw it on social media, so I'm oh. going to have to go to Andy. Andy, what's your guess? I don't know who this is. I'd be doing context clues based on a Yonex racket. But beyond that, I have no idea. Let's see. Come on. Uh, indoor, I, I don't. I, how am I supposed to guess who's behind a mask, Lindsay? Come on, give me a break. Indoor, indoors is actually a good hint. hint. Yep. At like, a tournament. Is it, someone, is it someone who's relevant? Is it Caroline Garcia with the Yonex racket? That was a good guess, but... Okay, well, we said, okay, you tried. It's Jeannie Bouchard, a uh, friend of the show, and uh, we said indoor's a good hint because she's in Canada and it's cold up there and you got to play. Midland, Michigan. She's in Midland, Michigan <laughs> playing an ITF event, which is near Canada but also cold. You get my point. Uh, she's indoors. Uh, she's Chucky. Asia Muhammad, they're also in a costume. Oh, that I is, that's love a, the yeah. commitment that they have for the holiday. Yeah, I always thought that Martina that's, Hingis that's, that's was, right. I, I, was Chucky. I have no idea how I missed that. I have no idea. <laughs> I should have gotten that for sure. Hey, Andy, I don't know if you knew where to watch all the action tomorrow, but you can start with the Paris matches at 6 a.m. Eastern Valley Sports picks it up at 8 a.m. WTA finals matches begin at 4 p.m. Eastern. And uh, you will not be back. We'll see you on Sunday for TC Live. But TC Live with Lindsay and other people will follow all the action. Or maybe somebody else. We're back in a moment.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our hot shots, plural of the day, come from the man who scored the biggest win of the day, Tommy Paul, far court against Rafa, Andy. Yeah, anyone can hit a winner with two hands, Brett, but it takes a real man to hit it with one, right? <laughs> this unbelievable, taking one hand off the racket, unbelievable to flick this. You don't see this from someone who doesn't, not only doesn't uh, have one hand on the red, but doesn't actually hit a lot of slices. No. And then the bookends with the forehand. Less surprising than the backhand, maybe this is the one we should have led with, but wheels from Tommy Paul finding the open court. He was pumped up for this match gets a victory over one of his tennis heroes in style. That's two days in a row that the hotshot has lived up to the hype. As we show you the yeah. feature matches for Thursday, starting off with uh, Musetti, Alcaraz after that. Gilles Simone continues his improbable run against Felix. Djokovic gets uh, former Paris champ Hatchinoff. And then the two women's matches from Fort Worth. With more on the Paris side of tomorrow's action, we check in with Danny Kloppinger and Prakash Amitron. All right, Brett. P. Novak Djokovic has won this Paris tournament six times, working towards a seventh, but standing in his way is Karen Hatchinov. How do you think that one is going to play out? Well, he's got a pretty dominating record against him. He's only lost to him once, but that one was here in the final in 2018. I think Novak has solved the riddle of Karen. Most of the matches have been pretty comfortable. But, look, Karen does have that to dig on emotionally, and when he gets hot, he can, he can hit a lot of people off the court. So we're going to have to wait and see, but Novak has just looked so sharp coming in with two titles. Tough to go against him. Looking forward to all the magic here in Paris on Thursday. All right, we'll see if uh, Hatchinoff can pull off the magic that he pulled off in the final in 2018. One other match we want to look ahead to in Fort Worth tomorrow, Andy. Coco Goff, Kazetkina, they both lost the first stage of the round robin, so essentially a must-win for them. Coco had a very aggressive opponent in her first match in Caroline Garcia. This is going to be very different with uh, Kazetkina, isn't it? Yeah, Kazetkina and Goff, they're both going to be able to actually take a breath uh, during rallies. And listen, Coco Goff's... Uh, you know, successes and losses largely are matchup dependent at this point, right? When she has time to create the spin profile she wants on the forehand side to, to set up the back end that she can hit through the court, she tends to have a little bit more success. When someone can get at that forehand and take away her time, she tends to struggle a little bit more. So on paper, this should be a, a good matchup. Now, I'm curious to see, since this court doesn't bounce that high, Kazakina likes to create uh, some height over the net on the forehand side as well. So who makes that adjustment with not maybe uh, being able to get the ball up and away like they normally would? Yeah, biggest surprise for me was finding out that Goff was 0-4 in sets versus, versus Kazakina. They yep. played only once this year, though, and the, the other one a couple years ago could maybe throw that out. This is really a must-win for Goff. If, when at the round robin goes on, she'll play Svantec. She's 0-4 against her. If yep. she wants to get through, she's got to win this match against Kazakina. She's got to take advantage of the weak second serve of Kazakina. Step in. She got more aggressive towards the end of her match. She was a little passive in the beginning. She has got to come out guns blazing, be the aggressive player, really try and overwhelm Kazakina. really think just get her game going towards the end of the season. She just was a little flat-footed in the start of her first match. All right. Uh, there 
is one more piece of social media that we need to get to uh, before we go, and it's one we thought was relevant to you, Andy. It comes from a 23-time Grand Slam champion, and it asks the question, uh, what is the protocol, the etiquette on Zoom when you have to go to the bathroom? And, and oh, jeez. So, Andy, you've been doing this on Zoom since the pandemic started. What is the etiquette? Yeah, I'm assuming she wasn't at a place where she could just wait for a commercial break. <laughs> um, you know, maybe that'd be, be weird. But, you know, is it any different than any meeting? May I please be excused? I need to go to the restroom and then a quick comeback. Or, you know, you if, if it's like, you know, there's eight people on a Zoom, you text the one you know and say, hey, can you maybe have an extended version of an answer here for a minute? I got to, you know, hit the head real quick. I don't know. Of course know. he's got an you know, answer. I, I, I assume it's not that difficult. And when you're Serena Williams, you could probably just go, wait. Yeah, except that when you're Serena Williams, unlike everybody else on a 50-person Zoom, you can't just subtly sneak out for a break because everybody notices off, what you're doing. Video, mute, don't deal tell with Andy it. that he can turn his camera off. He doesn't care. He leaves when he wants, anyways. Andy, uh, thanks for hanging. You may now go. Oh, look, oh, he, he turned his camera <laughs> off. He knew all along. We'll see him on Sunday. <laughs> Lindsay will be back tomorrow with Tracy. We'll see you bright and early for day four in Fort Worth and Paris.